1: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Hello, welcome to this week's Must Hear Music podcast. I am joined, uh, as usual, by Jason Lipshutz. Hey,
0: man, you got to introduce yourself. Who people are? Right, okay, uh,
2: my name is Joe Lynch. All I'm, right, uh, you. I'm sitting here with Jason Lipshutz hey as man. well as Aaron Strecker. Hey. Who was with us, I think, maybe two months ago, as you may remember. She's back. Back again. Uh, She's back, thank God. So let's, uh, the last, I think, two weeks, we've opened with a Taylor Swift song. And don't worry, we've got, we're going to talk about the new Taylor Swift song, but we're not going to open with it. Just to shake things up, we're going to start out with Gwen, uh, (laughs) who has. Recently announced her, I guess, comeback might be a strong word for it, since yes, she's yeah. not really ever been out of the public eye. But she's coming back to her solo career for the first time yeah. in a while. Yeah. So she dropped a, a solo single called Baby Don't Lie, Late Sunday Night. Um, it, it's good. To me, it honestly sounds like a song I would more expect Shakira to sing. It It really has yeah. this even when she sings up, there's this part where she sings those eyes and it almost sounds like she's mimicking Shakira. I I feel like it was like maybe the songwriters like ran it by Shakira and she was like, now pass. And then Gwen picked up on it, which is not exactly a great look for your comeback single to kind of sound like another artist. Um, That being said, it's catchy. I like this song. I've listened to it multiple times. I just feel like it's not a great lead single for, like, a comeback. Maybe, you know, maybe this is just kind of, a, like, a soft comeback, and then the, the big barnstorming single will come out in, like, a week or two.
1: Yeah, let's remember, on her first uh, solo album, What You Waiting For was the lead single, and we didn't get Holler Back Girl until, I think, third uh, in line. That's so true. Uh, That's true. The, but the yeah, big, what you the big for? hit could still be coming. What
0: You Waiting For... Arguably the best song on that.
1: No, album. what you waiting for was best. incredible.
0: Um, it's a great song.
1: But I'm just saying, if this, if uh, Baby Don't Lie is not her number one yet, she could still right. have another number one in solo. I was yeah. kind of surprised that it didn't sound like something off a whole new like era of Gwen. Found it sounded like it could easily have been like a forgotten track from The yeah. Sweet Escape. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that period was obviously very successful for her. But I'm kind of surprised she hasn't tried to like be a trendsetter once again and try something new.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that. Yeah, I remember, so, this song reminded me of when No Doubt put out their comeback single, Settle Down, I think two years ago, and I had, there was a coworker in here who will remain anonymous, who was raving about Settle Down, and I, I, I didn't say Settle Down, but I basically did, because I said, like, this song's fine, but compare it to, like, any other No Doubt single, and that's kind of how I feel about Baby Don't Lie, I'm like... It's not a bad song. It's actually a pretty good song. But like compared to any other Gwen Stefani single, it just doesn't really measure up to me. I mean, Gwen Stefani kind of exists in this weird area because she's the singer of No Doubt. She has a lot of, you know, iconic songs with them. She only has two albums. It wasn't like she's like a one hit wonder, but she she only she didn't have like that kind of body of work that like even like a Lady Gaga did with multiple releases and multiple top 10 or I mean she does have multiple hits but like it was a very contained period between those two albums and it's been such a long time since they came out and so she kind of exists in this weird area where everyone's like oh yeah Gwen funny, yeah so I was really uh, anxious for this song to come out because I'm a, a big what you waiting for Defender Hollaback Girl of course Sweet Escape but I mean, baby, don't lie. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm a little bewildered more than anything.
2: You're bewildered. Would you say you're disappointed?
0: I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. I'm just like, it, it's just like this doesn't measure up to the other ones. And and n- my expectations were high, I guess. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with this song. It's It's like a fine pop song. And there is something wrong with the music video, which yes, is bad.
2: It, it just looks Come like on, something that MIA would have done eight years ago, and it's like, well, why is Gwen stuff? It looks like something
0: that if I had a green screen in my high school media class, that is what I would do. I would be like, all right, let's take some, some crazy colors and some funky shapes, and I'm going to walk in front of them, and I'm going to look pretty cool, and I'm going to keep walking for, like, four minutes, maybe get some dancing at the end. Anyway – you no, know, Gwen I, has
1: spent a lot of time on the runway. It's pretty much what <laughs> she's used to these days. I don't think we can really fault her for just walking and posing in a video. Yeah, that I, said, we can definitely fault her. It was but,
0: not good. You know what? This is such a major look. Like this is the co- like this is a comeback single, and she's having a moment with like the voice and everything. And why not go all out? And I'm I'm hoping that this is kind of like a teaser track, and we'll get like the main course soon. But I got to say I'm a little underwhelmed, guys.
1: I'm definitely excited for more Gwen music, but I think we have to remember that, like, since her solo albums in what was it, 2004 and 2006, or was it seven for Sweet Escape? Yeah, since then she's been like a major fashion powerhouse. She was able to leverage all of this stuff that people loved about the No Doubt era looks, and then her solo music career looks, and made this incredible fashion line. And now I don't even know how many lines she has, but she's been very, very successful in crossing over into the high fashion world. And I think that's maybe why the video was kind of like her posing and stuff, because I know that that's part of. Kind of what she does, and I'm not sure if she was wearing her own looks. I have to assume that she'd be wearing
2: something so. in that
1: look for cross promotion. Yeah. Uh, but. Dots. It'll definitely be interesting to see if she's able to take her celebrity in the fashion world and kind of merge it with the music world that she's always been such a huge part of.
2: I think we're about to find out over the next few uh, months. But I agree with Jason. I I think it's going to take a much stronger single to to kind of bring her back where she was. Do you guys remember
0: the first time you heard Sweet Escape or like the the, the remember the first like one of the first like you were just like oh man like this is the jam like that was just a jam and this is yeah.
1: I was gonna say do we really remember Sweet Escape all that much or are we remembering Love Angel Music Baby because I feel like Oh Love I mean Angel the
0: song I mean okay. the song with
2: jam yeah, that, that with, that <laughs> with the woohoo yeah. Incredible Yeah You're right the second album was a little lackluster but that single is remarkable Yeah This is Gwen Stefani Baby Don't Lie That you can't,
0: that you can't Disguise Disguise
2: Okay, that was Gwen's single. Uh, Next up, let's talk the new Taylor Swift song called Welcome to New York. So this is the third one we've heard from 1989. And this is really the first one from 1989 that actually sounds like an 80s song. I mean, I guess... Uh, Shake It Off had uh Tony Basil Basil vibes, but but this really like the opening the
0: woods, I would say out of the woods kinda got
1: I, that. I think S- that's me, sort I of a- S- like that's, could have been from any pop era. That's
2: indie synth, yeah, which is like oh. a two thousands oh, thing oh, to me. And oh, I feel like snap. this is very much like the high-pitched, like, kind of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed synths that open this song are, like, totally orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Like, this should be to a John Hughes movie or something. Yeah, like, you know, when Molly Ringwald moves to the big city, like, this is a song that would be playing. I just got to say,
0: speaking of, speaking of which, I saw a tweet last night that I thought was so brilliant. Was like, It was it, I forget who it was, but somebody was like, Taylor's no dummy. She's going to be getting those checks from New York-set romantic comedies for the next 10 years. And yes. I was like... Yeah, that's really true. In oh. like a oh, year, for show, sure.
1: This is also going to be the theme song to every fall show
0: next year. Yeah, <laughs> yes. we were talking about that. How I I pictured Sean Hayes on a bench in Central Park, like looking and pointing. Welcome to New York.
2: I can anyway. definitely see this being Roll the theme to a CW <laughs> show, or like at least the commercial. Um, <laughs> so earlier, well played, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yes, props <laughs> to She's her. obviously incredibly smart. Uh, earlier, we were kind of disparaging the lyrics and I have to say after listening to it a few more times I think it actually is a pretty strong song I, th- I think lyrically the problem is maybe just that she's expressing kind of a lot of platitudes that a lot of people have expressed about yeah. New York but in terms of like her actual wording like it's, it's not bad like there's a line about everybody here wanted something more and you know as far as you're going to go describing people who moved to New York like that's a that's pretty us. good way of summing it up that's me and Joe and that's, that's we wanted all of us, something folks. more and we got Billboard here yep, we are, are. And here we are. We made it. Uh, (laughs) It's our very own theme song, guys. (laughs) Um, I would say, though, one thing which is a little bizarre is her repeating the New York, it's been waiting for you. It just that's not the way New York works. Like New York is a beautiful but a cold bastard of a city that does not care that you're here it does not care if you're leaving i mean maybe maybe it cares more we'll about talk with Joe Lynch. maybe it cares about taylor swift cuz she's insanely rich and of course you know new york always welcomes money yeah. but like th- that just doesn't like really vibe with it it's making it's... me think her new york experience is very different from 99% of <laughs> other people's What's new funny york is I, I wrote
0: about that when i wrote about this song yesterday i was like yeah, granted, yeah, her experience is probably a little different than mine. Uh, I lived, when I moved here, I lived in an apartment building where my bedroom had no windows and no electrical outlets. So I feel like, you know, Taylor's got one up on me. Right. Yeah, I, I gar- couldn't stand up in my first New <laughs> yeah. York bedroom. Yeah.
2: It was
1: a- Ready to pop the question.
2: Welcome space, to New so. York. Um, Anyways, A- Aaron, what uh, what do you think about this yeah.
1: one? Yeah, I wasn't as positive on it as you were, Joe. I did think it worked really well as an album intro, um, having obviously not heard the entire album yet. But from what we've heard, I definitely liked, especially the ending of the fir- of Welcome to New York. How it kind of fades out in that perfect way. You, like there is like an anticipation for something more that I feel works really well in that respect.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, like. I- this is a this is a good song. I think that it's just it's not a great song. I think the first two songs from this album that she released were great. I know, Joe, you're not a Shake It Off fan, but as I've said multiple times on this podcast, haters gonna hate. Um, I think that this is yeah, this is this is like an appetizer to the album. Like this is the intro to the album and. It's 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 a good song. It's just yeah, I get tripped up on the lyrics where it's like there's a, the whole the whole opening. It, it what the the greatest thing about Taylor Swift to me is her lyrical details and she is so good at finding specific moments that you remember. Like I just love like that's why, you know, Aaron and I ride hard for uh Speak Now, now because that that album is just full of like these little moments that you just remember when you at, long after you stop listening to them. And this 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 song is like dropped our bags on the apartment floor, put our broken hearts in the cupboard or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, this not it's not working for me.
2: I, it's just not. And I don't think it's bad. It's but I would agree that it's a little it less incisive. It's
0: a little it's a little slipshod. I, I think it's a little bit. It needs to be tightened up. The screws need to be tightened up a little bit on this song. So I just think saying, it's yeah. missing
1: the quintessential like Taylor Swift element. Yeah. These are just like songs that anyone could have released, and a lot of Taylor Swift's music no one else but her could have released. Yeah.
0: I gotta say though that like what I am positive on about this song is I love the sound of this song. And I love like the sound of all three of these songs. Like people are, you know, I, I don't I don't see that much online chatter now of people are like, Whoa, this is such a departure from her because people, you know, it's the third song now, people are kinda used to it. But like like if you compare this song to anything from even red like it's just crazy it's it's just like the the carnival synthesizers and it's just like but i'm
2: all about it I, i i love it so well let's let's listen to it so this is taylor swift welcome to new york
0: everybody here
2: Right, that was Welcome to New York from Taylor Swift from the upcoming 1989. Next up, let us talk. Let us talk, people, about this song which is absolutely blowing my mind. The Chemical Brothers featuring yeah. Miguel and Lord. The song is called This Is Not A Game. It's from The Hunger Games. Whatever the full title the of that, Hunger The Hunger Games, Games.
1: Mockingjay Part, part one. 1
2: exactly what you said um, I've even read the books it's just that the titles are way too long but so yeah so this is a an incredible song like hats off to Lord for curating a soundtrack and making it actually interesting I was telling this to Aaron earlier you know, Twilight did a great job with their soundtracks. They put really eclectic, interesting artists together. But you would listen to the songs, and you would get the sense that, like, okay, you know, this is maybe a Death Cab B-side or one of St. Vincent's, like, toss-off man. tracks. Maybe me on the
0: Equinox? Come on. It's a
2: pretty song. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying they, they really didn't – they were kind of forgettable at the end of the day. Sure. Like, it was an interesting collection of songs with each Twilight movie. But what Lord really is doing is, like, bringing people together you would never imagine together. Like, I mean, Chemical Brothers, I, I've been a huge fan of them. I Well, I shouldn't say my whole life. But since I was very young, and, you know, imagining, like, these big beat pioneers with, you know, an R&B, like, uh, smoothie like Miguel, but who also has a very eclectic taste. And then Lord like, all in the same song. Like, it's just crazy, um, and it's just also the, the remarkable thing about this song is that it sounds like what you would imagine the movie is going to be like. There's these very menacing machine noises and, you know, something about the kind of like xylophone-like synths even just make it even creepier. It's just in Miguel. Like we're hearing this uh, vocal performance from him, where he sounds desperate, which is just something we've yeah. never heard from Miguel. So I just think, like you know, obviously Chemical Brothers, hats off to them, but also Lord, good on her for just getting something new out of these artists and something new for soundtracks in general.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I I don't I don't really have that much to add. I, I think this is such a cool song, and I'm, I'm a big fan of you know both Miguel. And the Chemical Brothers, um, I, I just love like the let forever be kind of vibes on this song. Um, but like, you know, does does it ever? Let me ask you guys a question. Does it ever? Do you ever think about Lord and get sad because you're not as cool as her? Like, if you think about Lord, who's seventeen, she's it's, so much
2: cooler. But she's so, imp- she's too it? Like, if honestly, if she was a shade less impressive, I would feel that way, but she's so past me, I don't even care. And I just feel like, like, oh, I was good like good I'm not her. anywhere
1: close to her level, so she should right. continue Seventeen. to her thing. Like, like I'm not
2: going to ever feel competitive with President Obama or yeah. something like that, you know, because he's just, you know, he's the president. That's like, true. That's not even but on like, the possibility.
0: But the, you think about this as like, Lord, as the curator of this soundtrack and someone who is able to pair together the Chemical Brothers and Miguel, which is really an interesting, innovative pairing. And then you're like, wow, I can't believe she paired these two together. And then you're like, oh, wait, she's 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was 17, like, I was, like, taking the SATs and stuff. Like, I was, you know, I was like, what Dork. college am I going to get into? But then it was like, and she's on this whole other plane of, like, oh, am I going to be able to get a Kanye West remix for this soundtrack I'm curating? Like... The answer is yes. Yes, the answer <laughs> yes. is yes. That's the thing. So I I just, I... I'm so happy that Lord is in our lives as a pop artist, as someone who is always trying to push the boundaries, and the song does just that. What do, you, what do you think, Aaron?
1: I agree with you about the song. I'm mostly just, I'm kind of like you, I'm hung up on the fact that Lord, like, this is such like a, when it was first announced that she would be curating the soundtrack, that was such a nothing assignment. Like, it would be very easy for them to just like pay Lord some money and have yeah. Lord release like a nothing single and just kind of continue on. But instead, she like took it so much further than anyone probably thought. Like, this is a sound, this isn't even, they call it a soundtrack, but like these songs, save for maybe her single, aren't even appearing in the movie. It's literally like a special <laughs> tie-in thing that you can buy in stores. It's That's like so music cool. inspired by the motion picture. Yeah. So it's great that she you know took the time to actually put these pairings together and kind of show what she can do. There should be a Grammy for that. Yeah. Is there a curation Seriously? Grammy? I is that like There <laughs> I mean I know breath one words.
2: 1 for Garden State for just like putting that mixtape together. I think it's just like a soundtrack. So, so yeah, well, maybe so soundtrack
1: Grammy for Lord uh Without the campaign a doubt. starts here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, you heard it here first. Like, um, man, we want to give crazy. Lord a Grammy. But Let's listen to it. So, it's a fantastic song. It's called This Is Not a Game Chemical Brothers with Miguel and Lord herself. There it is. Wait. Find you love and let it kill you. Chop under pressure, thinking. Deep. Lords Hunger Games Mocking Jay Lord yeah. of the Rings Two towers soundtrack <laughs> okay. contribution. All right Aaron's about to duck out and Jason and I are gonna take it from here to talk about the rock and roll the rock and roll thanks thanks Aaron a, a song that probably has me just as stoked the new I can't even believe I'm saying this the new yeah. Slater Kinney song it's called Bury Our Friends you know this why don't why don't you start with this one man
0: i'm just so happy sleater kinney's back that's just the best and like i feel like that's just been the the general thought of twitter and the internet at large of just being like wow yeah sleater kinney's back like it's just it's just a great thing and Bury our friends like it it's a it's a really solid song i don't think it's like Mind blowing, but I don't think like I don't think any Sleater Kinney song like t- you, you have to listen to them in the context of an album. For sure. Like if you just l- gave me like jumpers or something, like I'd be well, like maybe oh, this the is opening
2: just... track on the woods. Yeah, is kind of a, like knock your socks off. But you're right, the rest of you got to listen to it in order and, like one
0: beat like the same thing. And I I think that this is just like oh man, I'm just I'm so pumped to like, see them live and to listen to a full new Sleater-Kinney album. And, you know, I it's funny because I wasn't a fan of Wild Flag. Were you a Wild Flag fan?
2: I don't want to say I wasn't a fan, but I'll be honest. I mean, I probably listened to it twice and then never yeah, again.
0: Yeah, I, n- I was never a big fan of that album just because, and I really think that it's just because I liked Sleater-Kinney enough to be like uh like this I was like oh uh, this reminds me of Sleater Kinney right. and I miss but it isn't. yeah like that's how I felt about that album and to to hear that like they're all back together and this is actually happening and you know I was jazzed honestly for the reissues of the albums because like for sure they I mean you know it's a reissue but like apparently like they sound really cool and you know it gives people another opportunity to kind of rediscover those albums again. I mean they've they've released a bunch of albums. Even if you only know one or two, you should go back and listen to all of them. Yeah, I mean it, it just it's 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 a great thing. I'm just it's, I'm really happy. It's hard for me to like critically judge this song. It's,
2: like I said, it's a really solid song. I, uh, I would say like song wise I was trying to listen to it like you're saying the first thought is just like oh my God, they're back. Yeah. I can't it's stop like, thinking yeah about this that. is great. Yeah. As as far as songs go though, I think this is really a pretty great comeback in that it's it sounds obviously it sounds like Slater Kinney because it is Slater Kinney, but it it isn't really just like retreading. A lot of times you'll get a band who gets back together and you're like, oh yeah, this sounds like what they were doing before they broke up. This doesn't sound like the Woods. Like the Woods had that like Zeppelin thing going on. Yeah. This is definitely not the off-kilter punk of their early days. This is, I guess, just what you would expect like a maturing Slater Kinney to sound like it's, you know, it's not like Wildly new, but it's slightly different for them. Exactly. So it's also exciting because it's like, okay, well, they're a band that is still relevant and still matters. Yeah,
0: they are kind of. It is a different sound. They are, but I also think they're kind of picking up where where they left off and where like it, it just like naturally progression. It's not out of nowhere. I'll, like for that's sure. how I'll, I'll say it is. Is that I think it's, you know, it's at a point where it makes sense coming from after everything they've done, everything they've accomplished, and now they're they're here. And it's, it's you know, it's lyrically on point. It's just, you know, it's,
2: it's, it's fun. It's fun to have him back. It's great. Well, if you haven't heard it, by all means, go online, listen to the whole damn thing. But for now, check out thing. the whole darn thing. For now, check out Sleater Kinney's Bury Our Friends. <laughs> All right, that was Slater Kinney. Next up, let's talk about the Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. So this is the song we're talking about is "Something from Nothing," which is the lead single from the new album "Sonic Highways." Yeah. I mean, if you've been on the internet and you read about rock music, you've definitely you're aware that the Foo Fighters are back. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like every day there's one to two different news stories about Dave Grohl doing this or you know covering whatever in a live performance. I mean, they were on Letterman for a whole week. Yeah, but. Anyway, so but let's talk about the song. I would say for me this is not maybe one of the strongest Foo Fighters singles yeah. I've ever heard, but there are things I really do like about it. There's kind of this like swampy funky little guitar thing that comes in midway that's kind of like the band on Cripple Creek. And there's, you know, I mean, the lyrics are pretty good, I guess. Maybe autobiographical, maybe not. Well, Uh, yeah, I mean, this
0: was the one, this was the song they made in Chicago. They're making songs in different, they made different songs in different cities. Each song kind of representing that city a little little bit. And this one is about kind of the great Chicago fire. It's like it it burned a spark and, you know, it's, you know, what do you think? What do you think of this whole project? I mean, we've only heard this this song from it, but like, I don't really know how to get a handle
2: on this Sonic Highways project. What do you think? I kind of see what you're saying. I would say I feel like I'm already exhausted by it. And yeah, I, just the idea of like each so there's what like an HBO series, every episode's a new city, and that's a different song for each one. I feel like, and maybe I'm just not a big enough Foo Fighters song or fan to be into that. But to me, I kind of just want an album. Like I, I'm not actually that interested in like a huge story for every song.
0: You know, I, I got. I, I thought that too, but th- at the same time, I was like, why should I fault the Foo Fighters for like changing it up? Because how many times are right. they just like, you know, they come back, their last album, Wasting Light, they they just came back and like, hey, here's a new Foo Fighters album, we're going to tour behind it, we're going to headline a bunch of festivals, then we're... Totally so like, solid, so great they're, album. So they're changing it up, but is, does that make it a little less accessible, I think. It's just like, I don't know. I get, like, a weird vibe from this whole thing. I mean, like you said, it's the HBO series, eight parts, it's eight songs from eight different cities, and it's just like it's exhausting, I guess, but it's also, that's the thing. It's exhausting if you're not a super fan, but if you're a Foo Fighter super fan, like this is sort of your dream, like, you know, like this really interesting project from this veteran band and they're changing up their style, but also not really like taking a complete
2: sonic detour. Mm -hmm.
0: So I don't really know. Like it's, I,
2: I, I'm on the fence too. And I, I think you got to give Dave Grohl kudos for just kind of a creative way of marketing the album And you know he did Sound City before this, which was another very inventive project. But I, I 100% agree that is you know it's it's one of those things like does the average Foo Fighters listener want to know this much? I don't know, you know. But I guess it's one of those things like it's out there. You can ignore it if you want to. But that being said, I feel like I've heard just so much about this album and I've only heard one song. Yeah. And I just, I I would like to hear, you know, for as much as I already know about how this thing came together, I would like to hear a little bit more of the music. Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess this is a larger discussion, but I think it's just so hard for established veteran rock bands to kind of really crack the general population now and really come out with something new and interesting to say. Just in terms of their music, I mean, I I think that Foo Fighters is trying to do that. If you think about some of the bands that have come out this year with new albums, you think about U2. Well, yeah, U2, Mm -hmm. that everybody talked about the free album on Apple. How many people are talking about that album itself, like the music?
2: Almost no one. Yeah, it's great. You know, the people who are are saying not the most kind thing. I mean, of course, Rolling Stone gives it a five-star review. (laughs) Yeah, but but like
0: you think about even like a band like Linkin Park. Like Linkin Park, like, you know, we gloss over them a little bit. But they're just a, they're a huge band, and they yes. came out with an album this year, and they did exactly what we're talking about with the like the Foo Fighters have done mm-hmm. in the past, which is just like, hey, you know what? We're back with a new album. Here's a new album. Here's the tour, and you know what? Not a lot of people. Re- I mean, people cared about it, but it right. didn't
2: get a lot of buzz. You're absolutely right. I mean, it didn't get the same internet buzz, and Dave Grohl is very adept yeah. at getting people talking about I just what think he's it, doing.
0: I think it's so hard for like i said established rock artists to kind of break the mold and be like and get people who are listening to pop and hip-hop and r&b to really pay attention to them because so many people and you know maybe unfairly so think of them as like stodgy like oh you know the Foo fighters Mm -hmm. i know they i mean another one i was just thinking of um was like it seems like The ones who have kind of broken that mold do so because obviously the music is good, but also they're they're putting like a little twist on it, kind of like what the Foo Fighters are doing. Like you you think about last year with like the Arcade Fire album, like Mm -hmm. that that whole thing of like oh they made like a dance album with James Murphy and they're doing like masquerade balls. Like it was
2: like uh, it's not a lot of teases for exactly. It's
0: not like gimmickry, but it's like edging close to that Mm -hmm. and. So I'm 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 interested in this. I, I guess I didn't we haven't really talked about the Foo Fighter song. Right. Um it's a good song. It there's a part in it that sounds exactly like Holy Diver by Dio. The mm. dun 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 dun. dun. Good call, yeah. And I'm just like, "All right, that sounds like Holy Diver." But I hey, I like Holy Diver by Dio. Holy Diver's Dio. a great song. Um yeah. it seems again kind of like this leader kinney song, it seems like it's going to make more sense in the context of the album i mean i just thought it was interesting that this song is just coming out now like this album's coming out in like
2: right three soon. weeks yeah like and three this is weeks the first thing we've heard from it and
0: yeah so like you figure like i mean taylor swift put out her lead single two and a half months mm-hmm. ahead of her album this is coming three weeks ahead of time. So I'm surprised it's coming a little late, but maybe it's just one of those things where you're just like, you know what? It's not about the single. It's not about, like, you know, we're going to do rock radio, but this is about the whole album. This is about, like, a cohesive project. So I think it's hard to judge, I think. I've it stopped. Is. I'm going to stop rambling. I just talked. <laughs> I, I just covered, like, U2 and Arcade Fire. <laughs> right. Like, every and, other I don't know what rock the hell band. I'm talking about. We haven't
2: talked about Coldplay. So let's. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no. Um, I, well, yeah, that's,
0: I mean, you know, same kind of thing. of, yeah. Like, doing, like, a downbeat thing. It's just so
2: hard for a rock band it, it's to kind hard, of do you know the pop, same old. A pop singer, basically, you know, you can get in the news by getting a haircut or by, like, yeah. you know, did they throw Twitter shade on someone? I mean, that's just not really in Dave Grohl's wheelhouse, yeah. you know? So you have to kind of come up with ways, like, hey, I'm going to go basically go on a mini tour while I record this album and make a documentary and yeah. stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's, it's inventive, I guess. But yeah. let's listen to the song. All right. So it is... Something from Nothing, uh, the album is Sonic Highways, and it is the one and only Foo Fighters. Alright, that was Foo Fighters. Uh, that's all we've got for you guys this week. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks Jason and Aaron for coming on and you know chatting music and all just that. Rambling good stuff. about rock music. Rambling I'm gonna I'm gonna about popcorn. To now. Yeah, exactly. And Jason, thank you for giving me pistachios earlier today. Oh, that yeah, was no just worries, such man. a taste treat. And uh, if you guys have any, you know, suggestions, bands, whatever music, uh, you know, pianists, flautists, who we should <laughs> check out, uh, tweet us. We always love to hear new stuff. So thanks a lot. Have a good week. <laughs>